Welcome back to Foster.Minnesota's Let's Talk, a podcast that brings you valuable resources for prospective and current adoptive and foster families, as well as professionals. My name is Chris, and I'm an education coordinator at Foster Adopt Minnesota. And I'm Sunny, also an education coordinator here at PAM. So Chris, can you believe that our Minnesota summer is almost over? No, they're always so short. And I know we talked last week about back to school, and, and now some people are probably already back to school. So they're in the thick of it. <laughs> so who do we have for our listeners today and who will be our guest? Yeah, as we continue with the back to school topic, which like we said, dreaded for some, but maybe some people it's pure joy <laughs> getting back to that school routine. So I'm looking forward to chatting with all of our guests, but I'm really looking forward to our conversation with Maureen, who has been a school teacher for 20 years as an and is an adoptive and foster parent. Somehow she has time to make it all work. And Maureen has, she's with all of her kids today. So I don't know if they want to give us a shout out. Hey kids. Hi. <laughs> a very enthusiastic. <laughs> Hello. Here's a lovely thing. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, Maureen. Can you just Hello. share a little bit about yourself and where you teach and or what sure. you teach? Yeah. Um, uh, this is going to be my 20th year of teaching, which seems insane because I definitely don't feel like I've been teaching for 20 years or maybe that I'm even 20 years old. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and like, maybe that might be the bigger issue. And then, um, I teach Spanish and I'm licensed, uh, kindergarten through 12th grade, but, um, currently I only teach seventh through 12th grade. Wow, that's a that's a wide age range. Yeah, there's lots of lots of different personality types in that age group. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you really connect with some of our listeners then, and um, especially. I hope baby. so. Yeah. So thanks for joining us today. So let's start talking about homework assignments for adults, in hopes to make everyone's lives easier by kicking off the school year on a positive note. And like we mentioned, some schools might already be started, so you can share some things like, hey, if things aren't going well or how to get yeah, things sure. off right. So. Um, yeah. So as far as like getting ready for school, um, I would say most schools have or yeah, most schools and or grades will have some sort of um, like school supply list. And so the so here's the thing is like my school, we are fortunate to have a full service community school, which means that like our school does more than just educate the kids. It connects with um, all different services across the county, pretty much, um, whether it's housing or um, telephone or electric and heat. And I mean, like all kinds of stuff. Um and so in that connection, we get a lot of donations, um, whether it's a backpack fundraiser or notebooks that are donated and churches donate a lot of stuff too. Um, but oftentimes there is like a, a local community group might donate 900 notebooks. They might not be the right kind of notebook. And also oftentimes kids these days need um, headsets like uh, headphones and they're pretty specific because oftentimes the 
teachers will say, please don't send earbuds with your first grader, you know, because it's just, it creates more of a hassle in the classroom than needs to be, like, if you just had a pair of headphones. Um, and same thing with, like, wireless or not wireless kind of things. I mean, we want our kids to have the latest and greatest, but sometimes it's easier just to be a little bit basic, so... But um, so I would say and oftentimes those can those lists can be found like online um, at the school website or if like you were to walk into Walmart Walmart typically has um, a whole spread of all the local schools and their um, class lists. So um, I would say in preparation for school, I would definitely most definitely um, make sure that you have uh, the correct items that the child needs for that year, if that makes sense. Yeah, and are you are you in a rural, like, smaller school setting, would you say? I, I am, I am. Um, I think we have about, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. I want to say uh, 800 kids, but I could be totally off. I'm, like, like in the whole school, K-12. Yeah. So, I mean, it is pretty small. We only have about 80 some teachers. And so like, it's not, there's, there's only two buildings. There's a elementary school building and then a, another building for the middle and high school. So. Yeah. And have you always taught at a smaller school setting? Um, yeah, actually I have. And so um, I'm originally from Northern Minnesota and um, I went to school in really far away in Fargo, North Dakota, but um <laughs> that I always wanted to kind of move back home. Like that's where my family is. And um, then just continued to teach in rural schools around the area. Um, something that's kind of fortunate for me is that there um, has been, and this is something else that um, a child might have access to or be exposed to is um, we call it telepresence, but I teach from my homeschool two schools um, in neighboring district districts up to like I would say an hour away and um, via TV and so one hour a day might be dedicated to or of my day might be dedicated to teaching to kids um, and kids are in a school about an hour away and so um, it's a different way of learning and um, I mean, through COVID and everything, we've we learned how to do uh, tele school, but this is it's much better because I'm a little bit more practiced at it because I've been right. doing it for about <laughs> ten years. So nice. Yeah. In addition to the tele services at your school, do you yes. have what other kind of services do you have, and were they easy to implement? Oh, so as far as like. Um, uh, relevant to my school district. Um, our full service community school uh, does connect our families to um, like healthcare services and um, eye care and dental care. We bring, uh, or we, our local dentist has one, I wanna say one day a month or something like that they um, set aside for us to bring our kids that might not have access to regular dental care in to get cleanings and whatever. Same thing we've set out um, uh, 
like glasses, like eyeglasses, and they'll take all the kids together that need glasses and spend the afternoon testing their eyes. And then in a matter of weeks, everybody ends up with new glasses and can see again. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's, it's amazing. And that actually is probably one of the main things, like not every school district um, is fortunate enough to have like a full service community school, but um, if parents ever feel like they need something, they should most definitely reach out to the school and see if they can be of some assistance because schools have access to tons and tons of stuff. Yeah, and it's, you know, maybe one of the pluses of a smaller rural setting, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, we just, um, community organizations, like, and families and whatever, always want to help, but you might not know how. So, I mean, that's another thing is that if somebody is willing to donate or help with some sort of services call the schools and be like hey is there any need for x y or z and be willing to share what your specialty is kind of thing now that's a great idea now who specifically in the schools should they contact um so i i would say within a school district it kind of probably varies from school district to school district um we in my school district, like I said, we have a full service community schools coordinator. So there is a specific person, but you can always just call like um, the school office or even if it was because I, I want I think of larger school districts that might have um, several different sites for their schools. Um, there's probably one district office, um, but regardless, you can call probably any district or building office and they would be able to shoot like point you in the uh, correct direction of what's needed or where you can find resources that you need that's great advice yeah do you have mental health services within your school our school district actually is very fortunate to have um, both school counselors and social workers with employed within the school district. Our school district also tracks services with um, uh, county mental health programs and uh, businesses. And so our children are very fortunate that they, if there is a need, um, our school is able to help them out. And typically, and even as as a parent, like if I needed, Um, my child to, I knew that they needed some sort of mental health services. Um, I could just reach out to the school and they would, again, send me to the school counselor or the social worker, and we could work together somehow to get an evaluation done and um, services provided. Wow, that's amazing. Um, It's great to hear that everything's under one roof, you know, and that frees up so much time from appointments and shuttling kids around here and there and Absolutely. And, and so, and fortunately with our, with our, my district's full service community school, if um, children are need 
to attend services outside of the district. Um, we actually sometimes have the ability to transport students to their um, appointments also. Okay, so people who are not in a full service community school might feel a little um, jealous. <laughs> yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> or just, uh, you know, hesitant, really, to contact the teachers. So what would you right. say to those people? Like, how often should they contact those teachers? I would say a valid amount to contact a teacher would be once a month or maybe once a quarter. But then for sure, come to someplace like, or if there's parent-teacher conferences, definitely attend those and come with questions if um, if there's any concerns of any sort. Um, the, the thing is, is that if I have, like personally, if I have a parent reach out to me um, asking, what can my child do? I am like, thank you so much for reaching out to me because I might see 150 kids a day. It's so helpful as a teacher to have a parent reach out um, and just be like, what can my kid do to do better? I see that they're missing this assignment. Can they still make it up? Like, what's the protocol for things? Because oftentimes um, teachers will go over information with their classes at the beginning of the year right away and then be like, oh, okay, I expect you to remember this for the next however many months. Um, as far as like, what happens if you're absent? What happens if you need to retake a test? What happens if you need to redo assignment kind of thing? And so um, as, as a parent or as a foster provider, you are that child's best advocate. And so don't ever hesitate to um, reach out to a teacher. I mean, and maybe reaching out once a month is unrealistic, well then make sure that you come to conferences with questions. Or maybe you have all the time in the world and you can reach out once a week, that's awesome. And be like on a Friday, be like, hey, just looking through the week's assignments and I noticed my kid is still missing uh, this assignment or, you know what I mean? Like just, yeah. and so also- not a it's yes, it's not, a, it's not a bother. It's not at all. And the other thing is, is that as a parent, um, you have to also give a little grace to the, to the instructors because, um, <laughs> like I said, I might see 150 kids in a day and let's say 50 of them took a test and four of them need to retest. And I'm like, if I don't get my grades updated, um, as often as you would like as a parent, that's, I apologize, but also at the same time, I have a life of my own too outside right. of school. So, I mean, those are, those are just the things is like, I would, I would definitely um, encourage parents and uh, caregivers to advocate for what their child needs. Like, don't stop advocating for that child ever but also realize that when it comes to like scoring and grading and stuff like that, like all of that stuff takes time too. So right. um, be patient, but also don't 
give all the grace in the world because sometimes, you know, I'm have a student say, <laughs> I uh, took a test two weeks ago and you still haven't updated my grade. I'll be like, oh no, I'm so sorry. I forgot. <laughs> because oh, it just kind of gets lost in the routine right. of everything else that's going on. Right. Well, so we've had our homework assignment for adult checklist so far is they should check services at the school. If there's something that's maybe missing, they could um, contact administration or whoever to implement. Yeah, I mean, even like like an office personnel, like the yeah. office secretary, they, the secretaries at the school know everything. <laughs> They're like the smartest people in the school. Right. Um, and then make sure parents are ch- reaching out to teachers and even maybe before school starts. Um, Absolutely. Make- Making yep. sure they have their back to school supply list and that everything's working and their child knows how to use everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, and there's so much technology today too. So oftentimes, um, like at our school several years ago, we went one-to-one with iPads. And um, so there are rules with the school about that too. Like, they have insurance policies that go with them and things like that. Like if they get lost or stolen or broken and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, like there's just, there's just so much more going into school now than I think of back when yeah. I went to school. It's like, do I have all my pencils kind of thing? So. Yeah. And then you don't want to be like, I always, I'm not comparing to others, but you know, you, you feel embarrassed if you don't know how to use something or if you got the wrong color pencils and then you're just right, like, exactly. oh. You're already, yeah. you know, a nervous wreck when school starts. Exactly. Exactly. You don't need it to, we don't need to add to that for anybody, especially yeah. the little people. Right. Um, so Marie, one thing I was surprised that like in my job past and, and current, um, you know, I was surprised that teachers don't know if a student is in foster care. So I always kind of assumed like, oh, you know, teachers know this. So it seems like a worker would be in touch with school staff, but I don't want foster parents to make that assumption. No, absolutely don't. So my my take on that question (laughs) is, um, again, as the parent or foster parent or caregiver of any sort, um, you are that child's best advocate. So if you feel that... um, that is an important piece of information for teachers to know, you should definitely reach out and share that information. Um, I would say in my 20 years of teaching, I don't know that I have ever had a, a child's worker reach out to me and let them know, or let me know, excuse me. And so things like, so this is the other part of that, is that when a teacher is um has a good relationship with a child um that kind of stuff might come out but otherwise unless I go digging into the student's uh online file which I don't have access to barely any of it um I as a teacher would not know that information and so if for some reason that is something that you think is significant, you as a uh, caregiver think is a, is a significant um, 
or is some significant information that you should definitely reach out to the teacher or teachers and share that information. Um, because oftentimes, and this, I mean, there's a whole spectrum of um, children in care and um, th things that I might not know are going on at home, whether it's an adoption or um, a supervised visit or Christmas or somebody's birthday, you know, you never know how that's truly going to affect um, a child. And so they might act, be acting different in my classroom. And I am right. like, what is your problem? Yeah. And things to be, tough. yeah. And I mean, it, and it doesn't even have to be like Christmas. It could be right. like, Hey, every year we went to, such and such a place on this date and it's that date and we're not doing that. So that greatly affects our kids. And for me as a teacher, it's very helpful to know that I just need to be more sensitive to that. You know, like right. my, my gruff personality <laughs> might just need to take a back seat today because my student X needs, you know, a little extra TLC or needs me not to talk loudly and startle right. the class kind of thing. Well, and I think of those school assignments too, where back to school, it's like, hey, let's talk about your summer vacation and Absolutely. what did you do this summer? And, you know, tell us like for Mother's Day, what you do special. And, and if you don't know that student's background, then it's horrible. Absolutely. And they're going to feel. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and that's actually interesting. Um, I used to do, so I had a unit on family in my Spanish class and I was like, oh, this is going to be a great idea. Let's ever make everybody do a family tree. And now having my own adopted children, I'm like, that is the dumbest assignment I've ever heard of because yeah. I, it's you don't realize how insensitive it might be, you know what I mean, kind of things. So if stuff like that comes up, advocate for your kid, for real. Just be like, you know, is there any way that we could not do this assignment or maybe we can modify it and do like, um, I don't know, the family tree of the Flintstones or something like that, not to date myself or anything. teaching. <laughs> right. So like, but that's my thing is like, as a teacher, I don't have to be like, oh, I can't be flexible and helpful to these kids. Like, it's much more important that I don't traumatize them and, right. um, and still be able to get them like lesson learned, you know, to my students. Like, I don't have to have them do a family tree of their family. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned the family tree. I had a coworker working with a, a young man. They were going to do a family tree project, and they were in the library, and the kid flipped the table and yeah, threw some books, and it was just like, okay, we're not doing the family tree today. Well, and that's the thing is, like, you're like, this is going to be such a fun project. Ooh, we get to spend a week and you get a big poster board and you can do all colors and all this stuff. And no, that's not awesome. Like I had coworkers that like I had a 
coworker who does genetics and she was like, oh, we're going to do the genet- your family genetics. I'm like, no, you can't do that with your kids. And she was just shocked that I was like totally down on her cool idea. And I said, no, you can't do that. You could probably do it of the royal family. Like make it something unimportant, not specific or related to each individual child. Right. Yeah. And and if parents, if something like that happens and that that's the other thing is like, let's say if there was something, if there was something um, like, let's say there was a behavior thing, right? Like all of a sudden child X flips the table in the library and they're like, okay, go to the office. When you as that child's advocate go into that situation, don't just be aware that there may have been more going on than just the fan. I mean, like sitting at the table, right? Like it was, it was, oh, this triggered so many other emotions and then, you know, advocate again for that kid. And it's not to single out that the the youth is in foster care. It's just, Oh no, absolutely not to give just to make sure. Right. Well, and that's the thing is like, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Because like, I mean, even like my own personal life, situation you know like I don't need everybody in my classmate to know where I grew up and who I grew up with so yeah always advocate that's my thing (laughs) okay so parents the lesson here is that parents should not assume that teachers know that a student is in foster care so what other assumptions should parents avoid Oh, goodness. That's a good question. (laughs) So this, so this is like kind of tricky also. So um, I would, I would just also take everything that your child says with a grain of salt, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we always want to listen to our kids and, 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 give them the benefit of the doubt, but also just realize that there's two sides to every story and that, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. So that would be my whole pitch on that. But um, I would also just caution that, again, there are so many things that go on in a school that, I mean, as far as like, rules and expectations and stuff like that that as a as an adult which I myself am not always the best at just try to stay um knowledgeable about what's going on at school right not just specifically with your child but like whether it's sports or whether it's there's the um I can't even think of it let's say that they're TikTok (laughs) Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, or there's challenges or things like that. Mm -hmm. And, and so and that one more thing is, I am not the best at checking my child's backpacks every day. But honestly, so much good and useful information comes (laughs) home. Teachers in backpacks, it's unbelievable. So yeah, definitely, you know, as a parent, do your part to you know, stay abreast on uh, 
all yeah, information might, might be a good thing to add to like the daily routine of like, oh, okay, yeah, it's time definitely. to sit down and have a snack and look what's in your backpack. Right. Right. Exactly. Before you load everybody up for hockey or whatever. Yeah. Maybe on the yeah. hockey. I don't know. <laughs> um, that's great advice. So what else, in addition to checking the backpacks, could parents do to make your life as a teacher easier? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I Lots of chocolate. No, just kidding. I have- <laughs> so no apples. Um, huh? <laughs> no apples. No apples. Um, let me think. I what could they do to make my life easier? Help your kids get enough sleep. Mostly, that's like my thing. It's like I it kills me when kids come to school tired, and I just I'm just trying to think. I mean, the podcast that we just recorded talked about like getting those routines set up prior to like limiting activities you know that week prior to school starting so yeah that will sink in for some yeah definitely like real like you know as far as like how lax you've gotten over the summer on (laughs) screen time and stuff like that like I personally have may have moved a TV into my child's room and I know that that's absolutely not something you should do but you know it's summer and we can all watch our own TV shows now so yeah. <laughs> I mean so like that's the thing is just like to get back into that school routine and um just make sure that you know food and water and sleep is so essential so back to the basics yeah really I mean and just staying in like I said staying in contact with your with teachers if you feel you need to if you don't feel you need to don't lose any sleep at night well Maureen thank you so much for your time today and for your your kids sitting there and hanging out too um are there any last words you want to leave our listeners with um I just hope that everybody has a great school year because you know we're finally hopefully moving away from COVID (laughs) and any of those lasting effects and in addition like to all of that like COVID talk um you know if you notice that your child is lacking in some way get out and get them some help I mean reach out to the schools and get what you need because that's what those schools are there for they're it's a public service so yeah that is a good reminder to leave us with that yeah you know some subject matter might be delayed a bit and we're all getting back 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 at it right so, absolutely so I yeah just, I still can't believe you've been teaching for 20 years but <laughs> Me either. I, don't feel, I mean because I'm only like 22 years old so. I know it's so weird <laughs> <laughs> like absolutely. the duty houser of teaching <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so no I really enjoyed Sunny and I enjoyed listening to you and all of your experience throughout the years and it's you know good to hear about small you know school settings because sometimes people think that oh they don't have anything to offer oh no yeah there's tons of stuff I I mean and 
the there is a positive i mean an, an additional positive is is that um you know like those uh personal um like relationships uh, are, are somewhat easier to form in a small environment like that and so if your child needs more one-on-one -on -one attention like that's that's a perfect situation to put them in perfect well we'll let you get on with your day and thanks for sharing information yeah, no, thank you topic. for inviting me I want to let our audience know that Foster Adopt Minnesota has a program called HELP that offers a warm line to resources for adoptive, foster, and kinship families, including a network of adoption-competent, trauma-informed therapists statewide. Go to our website, fosteradoptmn.org, and click on HELP. Thank you so much for joining us today for Let's Talk. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to our podcast, and tune in again soon.